all my life, it's, it was all about you can achieve anything in life if you believe in yourself. So that's part of it. Part of it, too, was when I was encouraging my company. Um, this is the second company I had to think big. I rode an 8,000-pound elephant into my annual meeting. And the message was, if you think big and act big, you will be big. Let's do a billion dollars. And uh, it took a while. It took seven years to reach a billion from the point I rode that elephant into the room. And uh, the year I sold the business, we did $1.6 billion. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. This is the only podcast that consistently reminds you it is the habits you craft on a day-to-day basis that are going to lead you towards your goals. Today's guest, I cannot think of a better way to kick off Season 5. We have a phenomenal entrepreneur a best-selling author, a philanthropist, and just an all-around amazing man, not to mention, and I've lost count, multi-time Ironman triathlete. We have Mark Moses in the house. Technically, he's on the line. How you doing, Mark? All good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you, and it's an honor to have you. I, uh, I have the good fortune of following you on Facebook and between you and Jack, I cannot, <laughs> you and Jack Daly, I am exhausted. I cannot keep up. It seems to me that you have been, I don't know, to Italy or Europe three times in the last two months or something. So I'm <laughs> guessing things are pretty good. We like to kick off the show, Mark, with something called the GTR which is the Good Things Report. So you can kick it off or you can defer to me. Well, um, I'm happy to kick that off because you're right. I, I have been to Europe a little bit. Um, <laughs> it, we just got back from the coolest trip. and yeah. We just got back uh, a, a few days ago. We took our leadership team and their spouses to Tuscany and we got a, a – beautiful villa in Tuscany. And we just had great bonding, some great chats and some great fun together. It was awesome. And then I went off to Ibiza uh, to celebrate with uh, my clients that just sold their business for over 500 million. And (laughs) So, you know, that was super, super fun spending. Ibiza's fun and spending it with uh, those guys was absolutely awesome. Is that a company you can disclose or not? I'm just curious. Oh, sure. The the press releases uh, have been put out. Um, It was uh, the company's called Task Us, and uh, the founders are Bryce Maddock and Jasper Weir. 
And they're super guys that built an amazing business. And um, we sold it uh, to Blackstone. So it, it is really awesome. And that's, is that like task.us? It's task. Uh-huh. Us. One word. Okay. I was just wondering if it was .com or dot like, you know, some people play with the extension and I thought it might be task.us. So, but it's taskus.com. Yes. Yeah. 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 Copy. So in the open and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get to my GTR in a second. What I, I mentioned the best selling book. What I didn't mention is Mark's company is CEO Coaching International. I did mention he's a phenomenal entrepreneur. I didn't mention that by name. So we're going to get into the book. We're going to get into a bit of CEO Coaching International. That is a phenomenal case study. And it sounds like, in fact, I think I saw some of that on Facebook where these guys were praising you, saying something like they couldn't have done it without you. So I'm guessing that feels good and and a uh, a little trip to Italy or to uh I'm guessing also feels good. So beautiful. My GTR I want to say the surf session I had earlier, but that's not it. I don't know what the past tense of skydive skydive skydove <laughs> skydive wow, good for you is wow it, is, is it skydived man you're asking this canadian here from a small town to, to do an english correction i don't know all right well yeah uh so i don't know if it's skydived or skydove but yeah two weeks ago a little team building on our end we jumped out of a freaking plane and it was insane and uh it's probably going to end up as an episode here on habits to goals so you may or not may not know, but once a week we do the interviews and the other two days I'm either answering a question or I'm doing what's called a mind bullet. So there were a few mind bullets that came out of launching myself out of a plane at uh, 13,000 plus feet. All right, we got the open out of the way, Mark, and I think the listener is already getting a fantastic sense of what an amazing man you are. So let's bring it back home. I think you just mentioned Canada, where you went to high school. Just give us the the cursory overview of, of growing up life as Mark Moses. Well, thanks. I, I grew up in a small town called Sudbury, which is, oh, four or five hours north of Toronto, depending on what snowstorm we were uh, dealing with. And, uh, man, I, I – growing up – I. I just kept watching um, movies that were out of Hollywood and out of California. And it, I had this in the back of my mind, this dream that someday I wanted to live in California. And then I went to college. I went to um, Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo and studied business. Wow. And my dad had gone bankrupt in my last year of high school and I needed to make money in my fun lifeguarding job just wasn't enough money to support paying for my own college. So I saw a sign in the uh, career center that said, be your own boss, start your own business. And I became a franchisee for student painters. (laughs) Another one. 
Yeah. So it, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was an amazing experience, amazing learning. And in the first summer I did $70,000 worth of business and made $18,000. The second summer I, I did $120,000 worth of business and made $35,000. Going to school in Canada is not expensive. Back then it was 4,500 a year all in that included room, board, food, tuition, books, everything. So I felt like a rock star with all this extra money. I could buy a cool car and, uh, 1979 Camaro, and, and it, it was just great. And when I graduated, I packed up my U-Haul, drove south till I hit Texas, turned right till I hit California, <laughs> and and I started the business called Student Painters in California, built it to 250 locations, 3,000 people, and then sold it when I was 26. So that's a beginning to my journey of getting into business and entrepreneurship. So the the college student painter, you, you in my uh, my mind, my memory, my recollection, we've had I think four different people we've interviewed that come off this <laughs> this tree, this college student painter tree, and it's it's phenomenal. So what? Why is it? Because there may be some new listeners. I'm, I want you to. Share some of those fundamentals that uh, were so beneficial to you in your business career. It's really interesting. When I do speaking engagements around the world, and if I ask the audience, especially in the U.S. or Canada, how many people have done that, you always get hands. And if you have an audience of about 500 entrepreneurs – you might get eight or ten hands that have done this before. So it's really remarkable. It is. So, number one, it's really hard. It's You don't know anything about painting or the painting business. <laughs> you got to knock on doors to get business. So that's like you talk about learning to cold call. And if you don't have any charm, you better learn it quick. Right. You got to hire your own people. You have to teach them how to paint, and you don't even know how to paint, and how to prepare a house, how to deal with customers that are upset, how to meet timelines and schedules, and A to B. It is just a crash course on learning how to run a business. Like, none of us cared about being painters. Like, that was the last thing on our mind. <laughs> we cared about learning how to run a business. Right. And that's what we learned. Yeah, the, and the, and I'm guessing it's it's. I saw this this article. I don't know. I think it was in Inc. or something, and and it was via Mark Cuban. But he was like, it. Ultimately, it's his statement was, look, I could lose everything tomorrow, um, and I could pick myself back up, and I'm sure I could be a multimillionaire again. And and he wasn't being arrogant. But he, he boiled it down to selling. And he's like, and selling isn't necessarily, you know, the hard pushing of shit people don't need. It, it's, it's being able to communicate and, and demonstrate value and all these things. And I thought it was such a fascinating article. And, and the guys I know really well who have done well out of college painters, time and again, they're great communicators. They're great sales guys. So. 
Well, you know what? I would tell you that it taught me tenacity, grit, and self-reliance, and resilience, and, nice. and, and determination, and not giving up when stuff is hard. So, and look, I've been broke. I've had money. I've had a lot of it and lost it all and had to, so what you're talking about, Mark Cuban, I've done that. I get it. I didn't like it, but had the uh, resilience and grit to rebuild. I love it. And the self-reliance, the fact, and the resourcefulness, the, the, the idea that, I it's within me and my resources to to find a way out. So I love it. I just saw a great grit quote from the the gal who wrote grit. And she said, and this might be a nice segue into our next topic, but she said enthusiasm. And I don't know if you've heard this. I love it. Enthusiasm is common. Endurance is rare. And I was like, I love that quote, man. So yeah, that's good. I'll make, let me make another point. Please do. Uh, I, I I got these kids. One is nineteen and one is seventeen, and they've heard this drumbeat from me <laughs> for years. Right. In this entitled generation. Yep. It's uh, there's no greater gift I can give you as my kids than the gift of self reliance. If if I teach you anything, if I can teach you how to fend for yourself. I think I've done my job as a parent. Now, there's other things I probably want to do, too. But that is the drumbeat you would hear from my kids. Well, I love it. And I'm not far behind you there. I got a, in a month, we're looking at 18 and 16. And, and yeah, we're, uh, I'm sure we're cut from the same cloth. It's, it's the same message. Uh, and, and, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. So let's, let's pick that up. Because I touched on the philanthropist and the and the Iron Man, and I definitely want to get into the book. There's too much to cover, and we're on a tight timeline. But talk about what led you into specifically doing the Iron Man and the and the. If if you're okay with bringing it up, I think the 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 Mason story is is um, compelling obviously from several different angles and and if again you can share it i think it would be fantastic for the listener yeah so my son mason when he was three years old was um you know it happened suddenly we went in for a test and we're in the ambulance and then mason uh was diagnosed with a brain tumor and had brain tumor surgery the next day Mm. and then then he he couldn't walk anymore after after that for several weeks and then had complications and had water on the brain and then had another brain surgery so it was just you're going on with normal life and then boom it hits you and you're in it and you're dealing with it whether you want to or not so that was um uh when Mason was three and today he's 17. And so he's had an amazing, amazing, uh, recovery. The first, you know, five years, um, were, um, yeah, first year and a half is quite intense. It got better and better and better. And, um, when Mason, uh, was 11, he did his first half marathon to support another buddy of mine that was going through cancer. Wow. And when he was 14, 
I asked Mason uh, if he wanted to do a marathon with me, and <laughs> not just any marathon. Yeah, he. Cho- I said, choose anyone you want, anywhere in the world. Yeah, he chose Antarctica. Like, there's a maybe that the brain tumor affected his brain. <laughs> why would anybody do that? Right. And I'm sure he thought that too when we were down there sleeping in it tent um and yeah, that's uh, cool i mean at 14 um that is i you know look he had been through so much so i guess in the scheme of things it's it's nothing but what a fantastic incredible experience and and you did that with jack uh daily as well right absolutely the three of us shared a tent together that's what i thought what an amazing but but going back to and I, this is what hit home for me in your book, you know, the the idea that as as an entrepreneur or CEO or, you know, as a leader, you think you have you, you begin to fall into this um, illusion or delusion that you can control. And, and it, it's incredible. You actually begin to think you can control everything. And there you you are and you see your son going through this. And I'm. As you write about, it's a challenge for for the marriage, and then um, it's a challenge for you. And and talk a bit about how you uh, mentally worked your way through that. Yeah, it's it's a great point. Um, fortunately, we have such great friends and that were so supportive when we were going through that. And my wife and I are different in that I'm a no nonsense to-do list guy. (laughs) And so I just wanted to know what do we need to do next? What needs to be on the list? Ranking order and just let's get the list knocked out. And hey, doc, anything else we need to do? And my wife was highly emotional. And, you know, I would say there's a place for both of those things. Right. But it it was challenging. Fortunately, we've been married – uh, 22 years and have a terrific uh, re- uh, relationship and marriage, and and but it can strain uh, a marriage going through something, especially when the the uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. And you know, they told us there'd be 50 50 chance initially. Right. I, I wow. don't like that. I don't like that math. You're right. And so it, I I can then understand the high emotion, uncertainty, and my wife's point of view and me, I'm just, what can I do to impact this? And frankly, there wasn't that much I could do. Yeah, there was nothing you could do directly, but I but I thought what was so captivating to me was what you could do indirectly and, and the fact that you found a way to to spin it, not only into your incentive to, to do your first Ironman and raise, you know, 100 plus grand for Children's Hospital, um, but then talk about, which is phenomenal. And, and the fact that you did an Ironman for your first time, but the talk about when I think you were president of YPO and you did a YPO event where you brought the guys, uh, guys and gals, the leaders into, uh, the hospital, set that up. Yeah, that was Wild. I would say that that might have been the most intense event I have ever been to. We did a um, a live brain tumor 
um, surgery live. That's insane. In front of our whole chapter with spouses. So imagine if something went wrong, having all those witnesses in the room. I cannot believe we were able to pull this off and did and did this. And the docs had cameras, camera in the room and a camera on his head so we could see what he was seeing. Oh, Jesus. Wow. And he was mic'd and was talking to us as we were as what he was like back and forth communication. And we didn't want to distract him because. It's like, hey, man, just focus on what you're doing. We'll be fine just sitting here in the <laughs> yeah. gallery watching yeah. this, right? It was out, It was an outrageous event. The CEO of the hospital sitting next to me holding my hand oh my going, goodness. oh, my God, I will never do this again. This is insane. So yeah. that was a one and done. That's totally insane. And, and the, the line that gripped me was something about, again, the, the mentality of the, the CEO. If these guys have – you know, $100 million businesses or, or what, even $10 million and they got 100 employees, they 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 usually have something to say about something. <laughs> I know these people too well. And all right, a quick timeout. Thank you very much. I hope you are digging this interview. I wanted to share with you really quickly. I just sent out one email last week. Well, depending on when you're listening, the point is we're doing a free course. The response has been overwhelming. 35, 38, I think people are now piling in. This is a free course only until 11.16. It's called Get Unstuck. If you're feeling stuck, that is not the problem. The question is how are you going to respond? We all know some people who... Do nothing. And a year turns into two years and tragically decades. It's almost like being, being excuse me, boiled like that frog by one degree without ever knowing, boiled to death. Don't be <laughs> don't be that frog. Don't be that guy, that gal. Check it out. It's free again to eleven sixteen. Talks you and walks you through step by step the habit factor methodology, the PAR methodology, plan, act, record, reassess. It is the proven process to get you unstuck, headed where it is you want to be going. If you go to the habit factor site or the podcast site or even look at the the liner notes from this episode, we will hang a link to this course. Get it while it's free. After 11.16, it will not be free. Get after it. Thank you. Let's get back to this great interview. Peace. Um, you said it was completely silent, like everybody was just dead silent. Yeah, at, w- at one point the doc said, hey, hey, Mark, you guys all still there? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, we're here. You just do your thing. That's it, was, it was just riveting. So and the the young gal was twelve years old had a, a full recovery amazing so cool so so cool yeah that's where I was going so she she turns out well tell us quickly because we're gonna move on but as quick as you can anyways you were already doing triathlons I think but but you're like damn it I'm gonna go big and this is a nice segue into the book 
right? You're like, I'm going to go big. I'm going to go for the full Ironman. And if you're listening and you don't know what that is, I have also had the joy of doing this. It's, it's 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike and a 26.2 mile run. So, so talk about that switch for you there. Yeah, I, I got, I wanted to raise money for the hospital. I was already into sprinting Olympic distance tries. Right. And so I thought what an amazing opportunity to uh, give back and then uh, pursue a dream to do an Ironman. So it, it's crazy. I did one and then uh, hard to believe that I ended up doing 12 of them so far. <laughs> well, um, and you're fast as, fast as, stuff so that yeah dude that's just amazing all right so i just said it it slipped out but it's a perfect segue you decided to go big and in mark's great book is called make big happen why that title and by the way before you answer that his subtitle is how to live work and give big so again it's make big happen listener how to live work and give big uh how'd you decide on that title i all my life it's it was all about you can achieve anything in life if you believe in yourself so that's part of it part of it too was when i was encouraging my company um, this is the second company I had to think big. I rode an 8,000 pound elephant into my annual meeting. And the message <laughs> was, if you think big and act big, you will be big. Let's do a billion dollars. And uh, it took a while. It took seven years to reach a billion from the point I rode that elephant into the room. And uh, the year I sold the business, we did 1.6 billion. So that's how we got to the title of um, let's not dream about uh, about it. Let's do it. Let's make big happen. Uh, let's not hope to make big happen. So the book's based on four questions, and, and they're simple. Right. What do, you, what do you want? How do you get what you want? What's going to get in the way? And how do you hold yourself accountable? So I think it's a great read, um, even though I've, you know, I'm tired of reading it because, <laughs> you know, when you write a book. Well, you wrote, you, yeah, you don't, I, yeah, you're probably not reading it a lot, but I'll tell you what, the, the book is great in the four questions. If you're not paying attention, listener, honestly, they, they're easy to, because they're so simple. Um, it's easy to kind of glaze over them and think, ah, oh, you know, I've heard that before, but write, writing them down and answering them in written form becomes transformative and, and say those four questions again, slowly. Question Please. number one. Wh yeah. What do you want? What do you want? What is it you want? All right, go ahead. <laughs> and, and, and look, most people don't really know. Even people that have their own businesses, I'll, I'll say we have this tool called the crystal ball exercise. Right. And so you wake up a year from now and we're here together. We're celebrating big because you achieved what? It's a hard question for a lot of people to answer. Question number two, how do you get what you want? 
And so if I were to break that down, what are the specific and measurable activities that I can keep score on that will lead me to the outcome that I want? Number three, what's going to get in the way? And and there are a lot of things that can get in the way, and it's usually ourselves. <laughs> Bingo, right. right. And, and number four, how, what's our process to hold ourselves accountable to achieve what we want? No, it's beautiful. And look, for I mean, it's it's taken a while to get you on the show, but, but from my perspective, uh, and you know this, the habit factor is is both a book and it's a tracking app and and a lot of coaches use it a lot of ceos use it just a lot of achievers use it because it's the process to hold yourself accountable you're tracking core related behaviors you're tracking habits and so yeah working your way uh or my way from the bottom up i just love that component and then going to the top just going to ask this one question and we'll move on. Why is it so hard for people to do? I just, I'm just looking for your, your opinion, your take. Why, why do you think it's so hard for people to do the crystal ball exercise? I think it's difficult. It's a great question. The, I think it's difficult for people to drill down on the, one or two activities, activities, that, and activities not an outcome, the activity that will lead them to the outcome that they want. And I remember one of my clients, um, I had 24 goals for the year. <laughs> like 24. Yeah. I, yeah, and I drew the line at number three. Right. I rank them in order and we pick three. Right. And let's figure out what are the specific activities that will lead us to achieve those outcomes. And then we did. We went from minus eight and a half million in EBITDA to 29 million in EBITDA in 39 months. So wow. it's it, by focusing on the few things, I believe less is more focus on the few things and the few activities that will drive the outcome that you want and you will get what you want. Now, why don't many do they got blind spots. They, uh, they can't delegate or don't want to delegate They're control freaks they're chasing shiny new objects. <laughs> you know, what, what about that? their own story. Yeah, and I think, you know, I I was just, I think all those apply. And then there's the, the there's this psychological aspect, like the whether it's fear or something related to what if it did come true. You know, like what does that mean? Then I got a whole different bag and in reality and maybe it's not as good as i i'm just saying and and uh i see that all the time it's there's 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 psychological uh attachments to that that i think makes that exercise difficult as well you know martin i would tell you this it's look um we coach 170 uh firms and ceos around the world and if we drill down to what I, I've learned as the coach, it's we're part coach. We're part consultant. <laughs> part psychologist. And part therapist. Right. Right? Because when you mention fear, like it's an interesting animal, right? It's like the fear and courage kind of go together, right? Right. And so 
we have to help our clients when they're going through that period of uncertainty or fear or lack the courage to gain the confidence to execute when they're fearful about what will happen if. Right. Uncertainty. All right. Well, look, I mean, I could, there's so much good here and uh, good info and, and your expertise is, is fairly unparalleled, but we're going to keep moving. So as a creator, a thought leader, a, a leader in general, how, and we touched on some of this earlier, but, but how do you, how do you battle through tough days? What's, what's the mindset there? Whatever yeah, is it, sideways. Yeah. Everybody has a tough day. And look, for me, it's pretty easy. It, it, it's like, I've been through really tough days when, and I'm not talking about Iron Man, which is a pretty tough day. I'm talking about the uncertainty of my son having a brain tumor. That's right. a pretty tough day, right? Yeah, and so, and and a, it's a tough year and, or longer, right? <laughs> so I just put, I try to put it in perspective, a, a tough day. What really is a tough day? And does it really matter? Like, am I making a big deal about something that in the big scheme of life, am I going to look back at this? 10 years from now and go, Ooh, that was really a tough day. Or is it just a gnat? So I think perspective. And secondly is like focus on the things that, uh, that I would have control over and, and not worry about what I don't. So just try to think through it logically and, Fortunately, I'm one of those fact-based, logical thinkers. I'm not highly emotional, and which serves me well sometimes and, and maybe doesn't at other times. And, but I just like thinking through it logically and focus on what really matters. That's fantastic. That's really, really helpful advice. Um, so this sometimes this is a loaded well, the word's loaded, and so I like to routinely ask guests this question, and it's just simply, how do you define success? So it's a great question. It's different for different people. So I'm going to take it from my standpoint. How do I define success? Correct. It's For me, it's uh, living my life by design prioritizing my time over money, time over money, quality over quantity, focus on, on my health and loving relationships. This is a man, ladies and gentlemen, who's thought he didn't just reel that off. This is a man who's thought about this question He's thought about what success means, and even if he did rattle it off, he he knew deeply internally by his values um, how to answer that. So that's uh, that's one of the great answers we've ever had. Beautiful. So look, you oh, had thanks. you had tremendous success at a at a young age. I think it was just because you wanted to escape Canada. 
Um, but what advice would you give your younger self, say 20 ish, knowing what you know now? I would say to pursue my passion. And I, I would encourage everybody to do uh, focus on the things and the people that increase your energy and eliminate the things and the people that deplete it. Hmm. So, I, I, you know what? Uh, in my younger days, I probably spent too much time <laughs> on things that I didn't really weren't energizing to me. And at w- where I sit today, I'm only going to focus on things that are energizing me, and I'm just going to eliminate those that don't. Brilliant, and that's a nice segue to the next question. Share with us, Mr. Moses, your top uh, two or three habits, the, the, your positive habits that, that have made you the man you are today. Um, get up every morning at 5 o'clock. Wow. Go to the gym every day or exercise every day. And by the way, it could be 5. You don't have to stop at 3 or 2. When I'm home, and and this goes back for years, right? Uh, even when I have my company, it's uh, have dinner with my family every night. Wow! It's just the uh, the banter around the table with the kids as they were growing up was really cool. Um, That's the, great. Uh, I don't know if this is now moving into habit or ritual, um, but um, once once a quarter do a week vacation with my wife one-on-one, even when the kids were young, it was healthy for the marriage. Now, even though those vacations have gotten a little longer now than a week (laughs) and happen more frequently, I know as you know that I probably travel for fun too much. Um, (laughs) But so that was one Uh, doing an annual trip with each of my kids. I started doing them with them when they were one, one one-on-one was awesome a great ritual so then, so uh, yeah those are ha- i mean look a ritual is is technically a series of habits so so anything you do within a rhythm um yeah so anyhow that's amazing keep going um every sunday evening at dinner time we would have a family meeting and we took turns uh the four of us running the meeting so the person that runs the meeting would set the agenda. So it's just great leadership skills for the kids, and it's just fun. And my daughter's now at uh, the University of Michigan, and we like it when she FaceTimes in for the family <laughs> meeting. Now it's it's you know it's just different and evolved. It really makes me smile that we've done that. And if we happen to have guests on a Sunday. We still do the family meeting, whoever's sitting at the table. So it's just a riot. Some of the uh, just cool questions and how that all works. And the other thing that is a ritual, every um, January 1st, each family member um, on January 1st presents their goals to the family for the coming year and reviews how they did on the prior year. And then they're posted um, on the fridge, uh, and anyone that's ever over at the house sees our goals up there on the fridge. So 
um, we make them visible for the world to see, so we make them happen. That is incredible. I think I know you're probably retiring, but I think your next business is something like CEO Family International or something, because those are those are all great, great family oriented gems. All right, you we only got to be surprised. Go ahead. You'd be surprised the blend of how it all blends together that the when we're coaching it bleeds right into the family into life that it's mostly business but it bleeds into a lifestyle well i'm I'm not surprised you know occasionally i'll work with some of these people and yeah underlying any ceo and i'm using air quotes is is a person (laughs) so so yeah what what works at home is going to work in the office what works at the office, I mean, there's there's just core related behaviors, there's habits that you got to get it right, and so those from a family perspective, those are incredible, just amazing. All right, with a few minutes left, what are your favorite transformative books? You could just my, name one, two, or three. My favorite book of all time um, is "Good to Great" by Jim Collins. I just Love it, and I just love the principles in it. So I'll leave you with that one. I think it's awesome. And a tech tool website app. My favorite? Yeah, that that you can't live without. uh, You know what? I go to the gym every day, as I mentioned. I love Audible because I can just (laughs) pound out books while I'm running or uh, riding on the spin bike. Fantastic. Leaders are readers. All right. Well, unless you have anything else, Mr. Moses, that was uh, educational, enlightening. I know we probably went a little too quick. Uh, we could we can always try to wrestle you back in some uh, future season. But I, I want to thank you on behalf of, of course, myself and the audience Brilliant work. Thank you so much. Do you have any parting words? Well, if your audience is mostly entrepreneurs, I'm just making that assumption. If it is, that I, I guess my um, parting thought for your listeners would be: I'll make it. I'll make a statement. I was speaking at y, the YPO GLC in uh, the Global Leadership Conference in Singapore earlier this year. And I asked the group, how many people on your leadership team um, would you rate an A? And so raise your hand if everybody on your leadership team is an A. There were no hands. Wow. So I I said, well, at least they must be living (laughs) your – they must be awesome people and living their company values. So how many people would say that every member of their leadership team – would you give an A on living the company values? No hands went up again. Wow. And this is like 200 people. And I'm going, oh, my God. You don't write them as an A and they're not living your values. Why are they still here? Hmm. Which leads me to is good good enough? Are we settling? What I've learned from the clients of ours that have exited for over $100 million in exit value. So we've had six of them now. There are several more coming. 
the number one thing, people ask me this question all the time, what is the number one thing that enables that to happen is the people that got you to where you are today are not the people that are going to take you and your firm where you want it to go because at different stages of the growth, you need different people to execute that vision. Hire the best people in the world. And it's a, probably a whole other episode in how I do that. Right. But hire the best people in the world, and you will achieve what you want. That's fantastic. And, and uh, on that note, I want to make sure if there's anything in particular, like a new book or something you want to promote, um, feel free to say it here. What we're going to hang links off the show notes and uh, make sure people can find you. And so, with that, sir, uh, brilliant work once again. Have a terrific day and say goodbye to the audience. Thanks for having me. Wish you all the best. Think Thank big. you again. Cheers. Today's episode is brought to you by. Audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going. It's phenomenal. It's I, The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, Check it out, audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick, audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals, and that is the number two. And of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode.